Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with Sarah Milanowski, the author of numerous books including Don't Even Think About It, 10 Things We Did and Probably Shouldn't Have, The Magic in Manhattan series, as well as How to Be Bad, which was co-written with Lauren Miracle and E. Lockhart. This fall, Milanowski has two new books hitting shelves, both published by Scholastic, which is sponsoring this podcast. At the end of September, Milanowski helped kick off a brand new series with the novel Upside Down Magic, which was again written with Emily Jenkins and Lauren Miracle, getting the How to Be Bad team back together. The book stars Nori, a fifth grader whose magical powers have a tendency to go haywire. And in December, Milanowski is releasing the eighth book in her Whatever After series, Once Upon a Frog, in which siblings Abby and Jonah are transported into the classic fairy tale of the Frog Prince. Sarah, thanks for speaking with me. Thank you so much for having me on. And I hope I did something, you know, approximating correct with the, uh, the last name there. <laughs> you definitely did. I feel like there's no right way to pronounce my last name. So I, I just pretty much make it up as I go along. <laughs> <laughs> so it's somewhat hard to believe, but it's been, I think, more than seven years or just about seven years since How to Be Bad. What brought you back together with uh, Lauren and Emily to write Upset on Magic? Well, we've, we loved working with each other so much after How to Be Bad. We had such a great time and we just knew we wanted to write together again. So we kept, you know, thinking about ideas and what we should do. And then finally, um, we had dinner with editor David Levithan and we just told him all the different things we were interested in writing about, you know, like magic and eccentric characters and emotional truth and ridiculous composite animals. And all four of us talked and David really helped us shape the idea of, um, magic school for a class for magical misfits. You know, of course, your previous collaboration was YA, but did this one sort of immediately sort of present itself like, hey, I think we have a middle grade novel on our hands? We, we definitely wanted to write middle grade. Uh, the three of us had been, had we all, we all write YA, but we also all write middle grade. And we decided that that was something we wanted to do. How to be bad uh, shifted among several characters' viewpoints, but this one really focuses on Nori. There's one sort of narration. Did the writing process as a as a group then differ as a result? It was completely different. When we wrote How to Be Bad, we each had a character and we would each, we alternated perspectives. So we had three characters and I wrote one, Emily wrote the other, and Lauren wrote the other. So we would, I would write a chapter from my character's perspective and send it to Lauren and then she would do hers and send it to all of us and then Emily would write it. So we, we each owned a third of the book. For Upside Down Magic, the process was completely different. I was basically in charge of the plot and the outline. Uh, Lauren was in charge of the first draft, and Emily was in charge of doing a big revision. And then after that, all three of us together would go back and forth until we were happy with the final product. Hmm. Uh, How did the experience compare, given that it was such a different approach? Both were super fun. Um, we try to make it as interactive as possible. So even with How to Be Bad, we were hearing from each other once a week. We would each have one week to write a chapter. For Upside Down Magic, even when, you know, when Lauren was writing the first draft, she would still send us every chapter after she finished it so we could read it in comments. We all felt like we were working together. We like to spend as much time together as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as you mentioned, all three of you have actively written for, for both for teens and for younger readers. Do you feel like that flexibility and that understanding of both audiences, not to mention adults uh, in some cases, has served you guys well as collaborators? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. I think we see it from all different angles. And I think our tones and our voices are very similar despite what we're writing, but it definitely helps us come at it from different places. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned uh, wanting to spend time together. Did the three of you have a chance to get together this fall uh, when the book uh, was released? No, we didn't. It was uh. so sad. We did not. I did a bunch of events with Emily, but Lauren lives in Colorado. But we are definitely hoping at some point that Scholastic sends the three of us on a uh, national tour. We would love that. You're like, hint, hint, hint. <laughs> um, I do feel like I did see some stuff online, maybe a bunch of upside down photos on Twitter. Yes, that was so much fun. You know, we just thought it would be such a great way to express our feelings about the book and to really get the word out. So we would ask, we asked different writers uh, to pose upside down and everyone, you know, did it and had a great time with it. And uh, did you have fun with the character of Nori uh, or at least with the characters within this world? Is that someone who you feel like you've really gotten a good handle on now with this first book uh, out of the way? Yes, definitely. I think we all enjoyed our, our the different characters. There's Nori, who is an upside down fluxer, which means that most fluxers can turn into one animal, say a kitten or a dragon. But Nori is an upside down fluxer, which means that instead she turns into composite animals. So she turns into a dragon kitten or a dritten instead. And um, all the different characters uh, in Nori's upside down magic class uh, have kind of messed up magic. Like Elliot, instead of being a flare, he's an upside down flare. So he doesn't have fire magic. He has freezer magic instead. He freezes everything. It's very embarrassing. And so what are the plans uh, for this going forward? Uh, do you have a certain arc you're going to follow? Is it more open-ended? See where it goes? Um, well, there's definitely going to be three books. So we've uh, we finished Sticks and Stones. That's Upside Down Magic 2. And that will be coming out in June. And we are just starting... Uh, the third book. It doesn't have a title yet, but it is my turn. Uh, I should be writing the outline, so I have to get cracking on that. And also, Disney just optioned the rights to the series. We're very excited about that. That could end up being a TV show, which would be really, really fun. Excellent. And uh, switching gears a little bit, maybe to talk about whatever after, you're, I think, three years into that series and eight books now. Is that something that you see as open-ended, or is that building maybe to a finale sometime soon? Oh, no. I'm going to keep going on that. I love fairy tales. <laughs> Like, do you know how many fairy tales there are out there? I, I want to write about all of them. <laughs> um, I absolutely love writing whatever after. It's so much fun for me. I love fracturing fairy tales. I've been fracturing fairy tales since I was like three years old. When my mom told me the story of Princess and the Pea, I loved it, but I changed it to the princess and the M&M because I did not like vegetables. So I've been pretty much playing with fairy tales forever. And there's so many of my favorites that I haven't even gotten to yet, like Princess and the Pea. 12 Dancing Princesses. And I also want to explore some, you know, books, not just fairy tales. We're, we're talking about doing um, Abby in Wonderland uh, at some point soon, too, as a super special. So I think there's lots of places where this series can go. Certainly magic is part of both this series and Upside Down Magic. There was the Magic in Manhattan series. And you just said that even as a kid, you were sort of drawn to these stories. Do you think it was those early experiences with fairy tales and magic that have, as a result, led it to become such a recurring element of your writing? Yes, I love magic. Who doesn't want to believe in magic? I have a six-year-old daughter and she really believes in the tooth fairy and I would like her to keep believing in that tooth fairy for as long as we can keep that going. I just think it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. And even books, I feel like, like don't even think about it. That wasn't necessarily a magical premise, but it was certainly a premise in which the world as we know it got a sort of tweak or a twist with, you know, what could almost be magical results. Yes. So did I also see that speaking of future books that the ninth whatever after book is going to be uh, landing soon? 
The ninth whatever after book is going to be a genie in a bottle and Abby and Jonah meet Aladdin. And I'm really excited about that. I'm just finishing that up. And I think that it will be coming out at the beginning of May. Very good. In addition to some of the other books we've spoken about here, uh, you've also written for adults. Is that something you're still actively doing? Not really now. I'm kind of busy (laughs) with the the middle grade stuff. I definitely loved writing adult novels too. That's where I got my start. My first novel was called Milk Run and I wrote it when I was working at Harlequin Enterprises a million years ago. Um, And I wrote it about a girl working at a romance publishing house. And it was a lot of fun. And I hope that one day I'd love to write uh, another adult book, maybe, you know, like a mo- something about being a mom. Uh, I'd love to really explore those experiences and write something like that. You know, since you started an adult, what was the the sort of shift? What was the moment, if you remember, that you were like, I think I want to try something for for younger audiences? Oh, I always knew I wanted to write for younger audiences. I feel like I kind of fell into writing for adults because I was working at Harlequin and I saw the opportunity and they were looking to launch a line of chiclet, um, not the gum, like the (laughs) Bridget Bridget Jonesy type book. And the opportunity was there. They were looking for 20-something writers and I was there and I said, okay, this is my chance. I'm going to write that book. And I just basically fell into it then. But I, as soon as I um, left the marketing job to become a full-time writer, the first thing I did was start to write Bras and Broomsticks, which was my first YA novel. And that's, I, that's always what I knew I wanted to write for YA and middle grade novels. Now, this is going back a bit, but do you feel like that experience uh, working on the actual inside a house like that has also uh, served you well as a writer uh, being on the other side of, of that? Absolutely. I think I learned a lot about marketing. I learned a lot about the importance of a hook, about how to how to sell your story, how to really think about it from the publisher's perspective. So it was it was amazing training for me. You know, I was looking back at some of our, our reviews of your books over the years, and I feel like there have been so many where we've praised uh, the humor and the comedy. And, you know, people always say that comedy is hard. And I don't know if that's something you find to be the case or something that kind of comes naturally to you when you're writing. No, yeah, it comes pretty naturally to me, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I definitely do push myself when I'm writing something and I think, how do I make this funnier? How do I push this to the next level? Uh, so it's, it, it's where I naturally go, but I definitely work at it to make it as funny as I can. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you've got multiple sort of ongoing series underway, things you're working on. Are you the kind of writer that likes to bounce back and forth, juggling, you know, several things at once? Do you sort of try to knock out one project and move on to the next? How do you approach it? I work on so many things at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, it's great because there's so many gaps in publishing. You know, when you send something in, you're waiting for notes and then you you can finish the manuscript and the book doesn't come out for another year and a half. So I don't want to just sit around for that year and a half waiting for the book to come out doing nothing. I like to constantly be working on something and and I do. And uh, are there other projects that uh, readers ought to be on the lookout for from you other than ones you've uh, mentioned? Well, I'm also going to soon be working on a YA novel called I See London, I See France. That is about a girl who goes backpacking through Europe. So I'm excited about that too. I think I talked about all the whatever, (laughs) all the whatever afters that I'm doing. Uh, So Once Upon a Frog is coming out on December 22nd, right in time for the holidays. Mm -hmm. And that is book eight in whatever after. And Abby and Jonah uh, fall into the story of the frog prince and uh, their dog, their dog, whose head name is Prince, catches the golden ball and totally messes up the story and chaos ensues. And, you know, at this point in your career, you've got a lot of books, several series kind of under your belt and underway. Are there certain ones that you feel like you just continually hear the most from readers? Readers are still finding their way to even years after they've come out? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
I mean, I'm def- I definitely hear a lot now about, you know, whatever after book one. I love readers discovering that uh, for the first time. And that's one of the best things about writing for kids is that there are constantly new readers aging in to my book. So uh, I-, I love hearing from readers who are first discovering whatever after. Well, uh, congratulations again on the new books, and uh, thank you for speaking with me. Thank you so much for having me on. That was a lot of fun. Once again, I've been speaking with Sarah Milanowski, whose books Upside Down Magic and Once Upon a Frog are out this year from Scholastic. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. Cast. 